by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. I grew up in Whitehaven, Memphis, you know, a few miles down from Elvis's house. And Mama used to take us to Elvis's house two or three times a week. Now, we didn't get to go in or nothing. <laughs> we, had, we had to sit outside the gate, you know, and just, we were just hoping that he would drive through and we'd get to wave at him or see him or something. You know, we wanted to see Elvis. Never got to go in. But I thought, I thought that's what kids did. I thought everybody went to Elvis's house to see if we could see Elvis. You know, this is the early 70s. I didn't know that it was just me and my mama and my little brother and some old ladies and an Elvis impersonator or two. I didn't. I, I thought it was everybody. <laughs> but my mama, she was a, a wee bit enamored with that sideburned hunk of hunk of burning love. And, and she was single, you know, and she would put on her go-go boots and her mini skirt and her, her powder blue eye shade, you know, and some of that fancy ode to the toilet smelling water. And we just thought, man, if Elvis could just get a sniff of mama... We'll be living in Graceland. I know it. So our hopes were that Elvis would get to sniff mama before it's over with. <laughs> you don't know how true that was. Well, I mean, we were banking on this, you know. We may not eat that week, but we were banking on Elvis. No, but we were there one day, and we was outside the gates, and we had never seen him. I'd never seen him. But somebody says, there's a car coming. And another spotter says, it looks like Elvis is driving. So we all ran to the driver's side of the, the outside the gate where he would come through, you know. And I was elbowing the old ladies trying to make a place for mama because we needed him to smell her, you know. <laughs> and I'm like looking for mama and she is on the other side, on the passenger side. And I'm like, mama. Over here, I'm saving you a spot. And just as the gates began to open and that long Cadillac began to drive out, I realized that Mama had a plan. On the other side, she'd have to stand out. She was the only one over there. And I was like, yeah. Well, sure enough, I'm not kidding. Elvis was driving that Cadillac. And he had a black shirt on with like a four-inch collar coming up about this tall, you know. He had looked like goggles, but they were shades, you know. And, and it was nighttime, which was weird. And he was chewing on this nasty cigar, and he was driving that big old long Cadillac. And, and, and then he gave that famous Elvis lip thing like that. And it drove all the ladies crazy. All the old ladies started swamping the car. And to avoid a lawsuit on the left, he swung right towards Mama. Now, I don't know what Mama was thinking, but she dove out of the way. And I'm thinking, Mama, come on, take one for the team. We could be living in Graceland. 
but I'm hoping she'll recover. She rolls off the concrete and jumps back up, and, and she comes over there trying to look sexy with the cur two-inch curlers dangling in front of her face. Did I forget to tell you she wasn't wearing her blue eye shade that night? That happened to be the one time she's in cut-off jeans and big rollers in her hair. Mama. These are true stories now. True story. And I knew right then I was never going to live in Graceland. If you'd only got the sniffer. But I tell you this story because the links that we would have went to to see the king of rock and roll. I mean, we would have drove to West Memphis if we had to. <laughs> but the question today is, how far would you go to see the King of Kings? How far would you, if I told you right now that God is on the earth, I bet you'd go all the way to I bet you'd go all the way to Springfield, Arkansas. I, if I told you God was at, at Starbucks, there would be a stampede toward the door. And y'all would be running down there. Wouldn't even bother getting a car to get to Starbucks. Am I telling the truth? But what if I told you this? God is on the earth. And some of us won't bother to go from here to here. You say, but whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Pastor. God's not on the earth. I see in the Bible that God's sitting on his throne in heaven. And we know Jesus left. And he's sitting up there beside God. It's blasphemy to say that God is on the earth. Have you forgotten about the Holy Spirit? Is he not God? When Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit, Peter says, what made you lie to God? The Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three in one, are God. And it says in John 16, 7, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's, he's trying to comfort them because they're all nervous that he's going to heaven. And he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Say advantage. What could be to our advantage that Jesus leaves? It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Who is the helper? The Holy Spirit. See, you guys know all this. Am I going to be able to break through what you know into what you, what, what you need to grasp at a deeper level today? Are you, willing, are you just shutting me off because you already know my message? Because if we all had it together, I think there'd be a lot more power in the house of God. Okay, he says, for if I do not go away, the helper, see, we need help. <laughs> How many admit we need help? He will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. He said it's to our advantage. 
What did he mean? Well, Jesus is not saying that he wasn't sufficient. But see, Jesus became a human for us. See, Jesus was a spirit just like the Father is a spirit. And just like the Holy Spirit is a spirit. But he became a human. He was born into human flesh so that he could die on the cross and pay the human debt. And when he did, he limited himself to one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's saying, I know you want me here, but it's to your advantage that I go away because I'll send the helper and he can be everywhere all at once. He'll not even be just be with you and walk with you. He'll be in you. And not only is he omnipresent, he's omnipotent. Means all-powerful. He can do all things. In John 14, 16, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Now, usually when I see a word in the Bible I don't understand, I just keep on reading. You know, because I got so many chapters I got to read a day to make myself feel good about myself, right? <laughs> How dare I stop, you know, and try to understand what I'm reading. No. <laughs> So today, I, you know, just for your sake, I decided to look up the word advocate and see what it meant. I kind of knew, but I, I want to be sure. And it's described as one who defends or maintains a cause or a proposal. How many of you know you're a cause? <laughs> and God proposed they ain't going to make it without me. And he is the one who defends you. And he maintains you. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you a defender and a maintainer who will never leave you. Some of us feel like, oh man, I've sinned so bad that the Holy Ghost has left. You may have grieved the Holy Ghost, but he ain't left. You think your sin is worse than all the other sins that other people commit? He hasn't left you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Wow, that's a mouthful. How many likes living a lie? How's that worked out for you? He'll lead you into the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts, but he'll lead you into the truth. It says the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. You know, human flesh, it's not looking for God. But you know him. I think this is a statement of faith. It put, should put the word should in there. You should know him. And that's what I'm getting at today. You should know him. Jesus says, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be within you. Now, he's talking to the disciples before his resurrection and, you know, the day of Pentecost hadn't fully come yet. So the Holy Spirit couldn't be in them yet, but he was about to be. But, you know, how many knows the day of Pentecost has already come? And now he's not just with us, but he can be in us. God's never left his creation. You know, we look at the Old Testament and we say, well, God wasn't with them back then. That's not true. You know, from the very beginning, God was walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. 
in the cool of the afternoon. When they sinned, sin separated them. His holiness would have fried them like a bug zapper. He had to get them out of his presence. He, he couldn't let them eat of the tree of, uh, what is it, Angie? Tree of life. They ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but he couldn't, they couldn't eat of the tree of life because they would have lived forever in a fallen state. So he had to get them out of the garden. They left the garden. But even so, the first thing God did when he realized that they had sinned against him was made the first blood sacrifice. He killed a couple animals to clothe them with the animal skins. And that was a type shadow of, of the blood sacrifice that it would take to bring us back to him. He's always trying to bring us back to him. And even when they lived out in the wilderness for 40 years, God was with them. Contained himself in a box called the Ark of the Covenant. Lived in a tent. God has sojourned on the earth with all of us wilderness dwellers. Even when you didn't know him, didn't believe in him, couldn't care two bits about him, he was there, wooing you, wanting to be with you. And through the gospel, you know the gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ and what he did on your cross, his resurrection. Through what Jesus accomplished in his earthly ministry, through his infinite wisdom, he made it possible for him not just to be with us, but to be in us. Just as Jesus had prayed in, Je in John chapter 17, when he said, Father, that they may be one as you and I are one. And he answered that prayer. And now God can dwell in human flesh. You remember when you were born again? That was the day you became a temple of the living God because the Bible describes it like this. You were born of the Spirit with a capital S. You were born of the Spirit. You were born again by the power of the Holy Spirit and you became a temple of God. But do you know you can have a temple of God and no presence of God? I mean, you can go to a church if you want to that hadn't felt a Holy Ghost goose bump in 20 years. That doesn't prize the, the, the presence of God at all. You can be a temple void of the presence able to receive the presence of God. You see, we become a temple when we, be, when we believed. But it's our responsibility to keep the temple filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. It's your responsibility to, to fill this temple. In Acts chapter 8, and again in Acts chapter 19, we see people who had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who believed, who were saved, but it wasn't until the disciples came and told them about being filled with the Holy Ghost that they actually received the baptism of fire, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus received both baptisms on the same day. 
At the same time, as soon as he came up out of that water, he didn't need to be water baptized. John says, I need you to baptize me. You don't even need baptism. You hadn't sinned. But he said, let's do it that all righteousness might be fulfilled. And he was water baptized, but as soon as he came up out of that water, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And he was baptized in the Holy Ghost with power. And then immediately, it says in Matthew 4.1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit with a capital S. Anytime you see a capital S on the word Spirit in the Bible, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. It may say your spirit, which is a little s, meaning your human spirit. But when you see it capitalized, it means the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Well, thanks, Holy Spirit. I thought you wanted us to receive the Holy Spirit, Pastor. <laughs> well, let me just say it like this. This earth is the wilderness already. This is the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to be tempted by the devil. You just better have the Holy Spirit with you when you do. The Holy Spirit is the one that leads us into battle. And we talk so much about that sanctification process, right? For when we get born again and until we learn to give it all up to, to God like we talked about last week, to, we learn to trust him with everything, we, we become more and more like Christ in our lives. Sanctification means set apart. And that's the Holy Ghost is the captain of your sanctification. That's, that's his job description, is to mold you into the image of Christ. So yes, he's going to lead you through temptation. Yes, he's going to lead you through your tough times. It's your training. You're like Rocky. You're the one in the workout video, running up the steps. The Holy Spirit is, is there with you, leading that sanctification process. He empowers us for our calling on earth. And look what he did with Jesus in three years. Three years. In just three years, Jesus turned the world upside down. And it was because of the power of the Holy Ghost in his ministry. You're saying to yourself, well, it says in John 3.34 that God gave him the spirit without limit. You see, that's why he could do it, because he was filled with the Holy I mean, he, he had all of the Holy Ghost. And, I mean, he's the son of God. I mean, that's why he had all of the Holy Aren't you a son of God? Aren't you a child of God, a daughter of God? When you got saved, weren't you adopted into his family? So you, you can't say that he has something you don't have. In fact, he said, the works that I do, greater than these shall you do because I go to the Father. And when he just got through saying, when I go to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised me from the dead is going to raise you from the dead. The same Spirit that I worked the miracles and raised the dead will work the miracles and raise the dead and heal the sick. The same power that's in me will be in you. 
Amen. He gave the Holy Spirit to Jesus without measure because Jesus trusted the Holy Spirit without measure. He wasn't afraid that I'm going to look weird. It's the people that's weird. It's not the Holy Spirit. If we knew how to mess things up anymore, I don't know where we'd be. You know, my life never gets boring as a pastor. I'm telling you, most every time God gives me a subject to preach on that week, you know, and I begin to meditate on it, I go on a journey. It's like a TV episode of whatever I'm fixing to preach that week. I, <laughs> that's why I never like to preach on Job. <sighs> a couple times I did. I swore I'd never do that again. But but I had to repent because God says, you will if I tell you. <laughs> but... <clears throat> But, you know, Angie hates it when I preach on marriage because me and her are going to get into it all that week, you know. <laughs> this Wednesday, I woke up in the morning, just felt like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, I just, I don't know why things have been going good. I ain't got no reason to get the mully grubs, but I was just feeling down and went to work and I was doing good things. I wrote a song Wednesday. You know, I was uh, doing my clerical work, and I was meditating. I was praying. I was walking around the sanctuary praying, but it just felt so dry. It was like I was just praying, and nobody was hearing me. And I, my mama called, and I got to talking to her, and I ended up saying something rude to her, and we hung up on each other. I'm like, what's wrong with me? I said, yesterday I was super, super guy. You know, filled with the Holy Ghost and power and just having a bad day. And it, it kept feeling like I was supposed to be doing something that I, would, that I wasn't doing. And I was feeling bad about it. What, what is it, God, that I'm supposed to be doing? And then I started feeling guilty like I was doing something wrong. And I was like, God, I'm sorry. I don't know of anything in particular. But, God, if I miss something, I'm sorry. And I was just apologizing. Just a feeling of condemnation was on me. And it was just really a strange day. And you get to walk around with your shoulders slumped and stuff. And then we had practice that night, the band practice. And I snapped at Tony and had to end up apologizing to him about that. And just really not being myself, you know. And I went home and, and uh, just didn't say much to the, Angie and Josh. And I went to bed. There's no, just an unjoyful day. Just blah. And I was still talking to God. God, what is, what's wrong with me? Am I doing something wrong? What, help me, God. And about that time, like waves of the Holy Ghost came on me. Now, some of you are filled with the Holy Ghost, and I bet he does that for you. And maybe you know what I'm talking about. But it was just like a refreshing wave of the Holy Spirit, just like, it's just like tingles all up and down your body all throughout and i know that's him because often i'll say god fill me with the holy spirit and i'll feel that and often in my day he just acknowledges you know you can't see the wind but you can feel the effects of the wind and i just feel the washing over me of the holy ghost laying there in bed and he didn't really say anything but all of a sudden all that junk from that day 
was gone. I didn't feel heavy anymore. I felt joyful. I was like, God is with me. This is awesome. <laughs> I wanted to get up and shout hallelujah or something. It was like, yeah. And as I sat there before I went to bed, I thought about it. What just happened? And I said, oh, I'm preaching on the Holy Ghost this Sunday. And God showed me what a day without the Holy Ghost would be like. So that I wouldn't forget the lost that don't, don't know that they don't have to live under condemnation. That don't know that they have to carry this heavy blanket of guilt around on them. That don't know the joy of the Lord. Don't know that, that they don't have to snap at everybody. Don't know that they have to live in the flesh all the time. And I thought about all the Christians that are still living that way. Even though they have access, their temple could be filled with the Holy Ghost. David said in Psalms 51, he said, Create a clean heart in me, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And that's a little less. He's saying, change my spirit. He says, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Whatever you do, God, don't leave me down here without you. And that's a capital S. He said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with your generous spirit. You see, he upholds you and he gives you joy. He says, then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners shall be converted unto you. I will be about your business. I'll be empowered for the ministry and calling on my life when I have the Holy Spirit in my life. Don't take your joy from me. Don't take your Holy Spirit. Don't leave me down here alone, God. I know what that's like. I remember where I come from, and I'm not going back there again. I can't take the weight of the condemnation anymore. I need the freedom. In 2 Corinthians 3, 17, the Apostle Paul says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's a capital S. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It says the Lord is the Spirit. What does that mean? That the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father. I don't understand how the Trinity works. There are three distinct personalities but one God. They're so intertwined. They're so fused. They're so one that you can't separate them. So when you're talking to the Holy Spirit who is with you here on the earth, you're talking to Jesus. You're talking to the Father. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to explain it, but the Lord is that Spirit. Jesus is saying, I'm going away, but I'm coming right back. <laughs> in the Holy Spirit, I'm sending my Spirit to be in you. In verse 18, it says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. In other words, all of us who have had that veil removed so that our eyes were open and we could see that Jesus is Lord, now we can reflect the glory of God. And that's our job down here, to give God glory. It says, and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we're changed into His glorious image. He is the captain of our sanctification. 
He's making you more like Jesus. If you're going the wrong way, it's because you, you're, you're not fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. You're not giving him room in your life. You say, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but you're, you're not giving him any room to sit. Your heart's filled with wickedness and deceit and lies and hatred and unforgiveness. You're filling your heart with sin. But you, yet you want to be filled. Last week we talked about give it up. So that God can give up everything in his hand. You want the Holy Spirit, give up your trust in the flesh. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you, by the way, if you ever see me walking around talking to myself, no worries. I'm not talking to myself. I have learned to talk to the Holy Spirit. Myself wasn't helping me much. But if you see me walk around, oh, glory, what am I going to do today? I'm not asking myself, Holy Spirit, what are we going to do today? I understand that I am nothing without him. Without him, I can do nothing. I need the Holy Spirit. And if we would give up our carnal ideas of Christianity, you would find what God truly intends for your life. See, we've got carnal ideas of Christianity. Let's sit on the pew and let's look dignified. Let's talk like Mr. Ed. Hallelujah, brother. Let's call each other Christianese names. Let's play church. Let's clock in, make ourselves feel better about the week. God's not looking for Christianese. He's looking for all of you. All in. Surrendered. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Say amen if you like this. Where am I going? Ephesians. Chapter 1. All right. We'll start in verse 13. It says, In him, meaning Jesus, you also trusted. And after you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Say sealed. sealed. Well, let's just skip over that. We don't know what it means. Let's keep going for the sake of being able to read more. No, let's stop. What does it mean to be sealed? I didn't exactly know, so I began to study it this week. What does it mean to be sealed? It means to be kept. He's got you sealed off so nobody can get you. You know, back in the old days, when the king would write a letter, he'd fold it up and he'd put some wax on it and he would stamp it with his insignia, the king's insignia, and it was sealed. You better not open that letter if it ain't to you. You, you, what, your life is in danger. You touch that seal. What happened in Revelations when they said, who's worthy to open the seal? Who's worthy to open your seal? Ain't nobody but Jesus. They said, oh, we don't, nobody answered. And then they said, oh, the lamb is worthy. The lamb is worthy to open that seal. 
Isn't it good to be sealed? Oh, nobody can touch you but Jesus. Nobody can touch you. You're sealed by the King. The Holy Spirit seals you. In the Old Testament, you had a badge of circumcision. I say it like that. <laughs> there was a badge. that It was a cutting away of what didn't belong, and that's how they knew that you belonged to God. It was a badge. I don't know how they checked each other. I didn't look into that, but... <laughs> but I guess it was a badge. You just had to... Just be honest about it. I don't know. <laughs> but it was a cutting away of what didn't belong. But now that you're a child of God in the New Testament, your badge is a giving to. It's an adding to that you have the Holy Spirit in your life. People can tell that they're not mere humans, but they have the Spirit of the living God on the inside of them. You're sealed. You have a badge. You're like, we've been watching this cop show, and they walk in on, you know, on a murder scene or something. Everybody else, they're holding them back from the ropes. You just walk in and flash your badge. You have access. You can come boldly before the throne of God in your time of need. You have access. You're, you have a badge. And you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He is your promise. You know, because... You know the Holy Spirit is with you. You know the promises of God are real. Sometimes I just forget. Sometimes I feel like I'm just one of this world and I get caught up in politics or whatever and I just get despairing about, oh my goodness. And then I remember, oh, I'm not from here. I'm sealed. I'm sealed. Say, I'm sealed. Speaking on that same subject in 2 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 21 and 22, Apostle Paul says, It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and he has identified at us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything that he's promised. It's the first installment. We hadn't seen, eye has not seen or ear heard what God has prepared for those who love him on the other side. But we have the guarantee. We have the first installment of the power of God. Now let's go back to Ephesians 1 and continue in verse 14. The Holy, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. He's our guarantee. And he is until the redemption of the purchased possession, until we're changed in the twinkling of an eye, when we become like Jesus. To the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit seals us. And the Holy Spirit is our resurrector. As Jesus Christ 
was resurrected from the dead, so too shall we be resurrected in the power of the Holy Ghost on that day. That death no longer has a hold on us because the Holy Spirit has sealed us to life. And life everlasting. The Holy Spirit is our promise that when we lay down this earth suit, we will rise in a new incorruptible body. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, we better quit right there because I'm starting a new series, God on Earth. And you know, a lot of times in the past, I look back and I think, when I preached on the Holy Ghost, it was almost like I was trying to argue with people. It was almost like I was trying to say, well, I know you don't believe in speaking in tongues, and that weirds you out, and I, and I know you don't, the gifts, and, and, it, and I was always trying to argue with people. That's what the Bible tells us. And I try to show them in the Word, and I try to argue about the Holy Ghost. But I'm not doing that no more. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says, who He is. And in this series, we're going to talk about who is this God on earth. We, we have just scratched the surface here today. And some of you are like, let me have this Holy Ghost. Let me be filled. I don't want to walk around under condemnation. I don't want my life to suck. I know what that's like. So far today, just, just talking about him just for what, 20, 30 minutes. We see that God is on the earth and that he is omnipotent all powerful and omnipresent everywhere all at once that means he does want to be with you all the time he will be with you all the time he will never leave you or forsake you his plan has always been to be in us even when we thought it was wonderful to walk in the garden in the cool of the day God had a better plan And now you're the ones that get to see it. Now you're the ones that get to be it. Now you're the ones that get to to show the world what it's like to walk with God on the earth. He always wanted to be one with us. He will never leave us. We can have as much of him as we desire. When you think you've gone deep, you can go deeper still. He is the captain of your sanctification process. He leads you in the truth. He molds you into Jesus' image. He is your seal of promise, your hope of resurrection. He frees you from all the yuck of your old sinful nature. He shows us that his love is deeper than we could ever know. And like I said, you can go deeper today. You just have to simply ask him to take over those places in our heart. By faith, you received your salvation. By faith, you received the filling of the Holy Ghost. By faith, you received the baptism of fire. John says, I baptize with water, but there comes one after me who baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. But you didn't have to get water baptized. And you don't have to get baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. I don't know, I bet God's up here scratching his head. You mean I sent my son to die on the cross to forgive their sins so that we could be together and they they still reject the Holy Spirit? I think that might be why he called us stiff neck. You always resist the Holy Ghost. You, You know who the devil fights against most is who you need the most. 
He would love for you to be a carnal Christian and to live out your life just going to church on Sunday and thinking you did good and have no power. All right, so next week, we're going deeper still. You ready? Are you excited about next week? We're going to go more into depth of who he is. I'm going to introduce you to that hunk of hunk of burning love. <laughs> Someone who has a reputation for making the jailhouse rock. <laughs> Someone who will keep you from having suspicious minds. <laughs> He'll keep you from living in the ghetto. <laughs> I tell you, he's got me all shook up. <laughs> and I can't help falling in love with you. <laughs> if you've heard enough today to know... Somebody don't say amen to that. <laughs> Till I finish the sentence. You jumped on me a little quick there, Chad. If you, if you already heard enough today to know that you want to go deeper still, then let's, let's not make this weird. Let's just be honest. Lift your hands. Close your eyes for a moment. Just close your eyes. So that you're not worried about what somebody else is thinking. Maybe lift your hands. Because that's a sign of surrender. That's saying, come on in, Holy Spirit. Say, I want to be baptized in fire. Fill me right now. I don't, whatever junk is, is separating me and you, I ask for forgiveness and I ask you to remove it. I want you to fill this temple with power. Seal me. Ooh, Lord, have your way. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.